0: Whenever the weather is tolerable, so that is dependent on what you feel is tolerable or not, But we all know those days where it feels fine and sometimes that's even cold or sometimes that's hot, but you're by the water. And what I found is that that changed my whole experience as a mom and it gave me reprieve and it gave me a chance to catch my breath and not feel like I was failing and step away from the house and step away from the to-do list and to be present. Well, at the same time, it's helping the kids develop in every
1: facet. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Back for her third appearance on the Minimalist Moms podcast is creator of A Thousand Hours Outside, Jenny Yurich. Jenny believes that the premise of spending a thousand hours outside each year is simple with a profound impact but it's easy to feel stuck or unmotivated. So today, Jenny is here to offer us prompts and ideas for how to reach 1,000 hours, even getting ourselves outdoors during the cold winter months. This episode is full of seasonal activity prompts to help motivate you on those days where you need a little boost. No matter where you live, I'm confident you'll find this episode a worthwhile listen as you make getting outdoors a priority this year. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to share a minimalist moment of the week. And this actually comes from a conversation I had with someone on Instagram. They asked me this question. What do you do about handmade, gifted items where the giver will notice they're gone? I.e., my mom made slash gave fabric soup bowl holders to protect your hands from heat when taking out of the microwave. We don't need this. But she's over often and would notice. I thought this was a great question to quickly digest with all of you. My response to her was this, it can be really tricky knowing what to do with an unwanted gift. And if I'm being honest, in the past, I felt a certain amount of guilt at having received a gift that I know I don't like and will likely never use. That said, remember, gifts are meant to bring joy between people. So if you've received something that makes you feel the opposite, it's time to address that item. Also remember, once a gift is given, it's yours to do what you want with it. Gifts by definition, which I did look up the definition, something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. So gifts by definition have no strings or expectations attached to them. It's our job to express gratitude towards the gift giver, but it doesn't require us to keep the item forever. And I would just suggest that as long as you're gracious and kind, the gift giver will hopefully recognize that and they will recognize that their feelings are their responsibility and not yours. That may sound harsh to all of you out there that love to give gifts. I don't know if you all know this, but my love language is actually gifts and gifting. I love gifting to people. But I love to be intentional with my gifting, and therefore, if someone receives something from me that they don't want, I would never want to, I don't want to say burden, that seems heavy, but burden, for lack of a better word, burden them with inventory that they don't necessarily need or want. You are not obligated to clutter your home with unwanted items to show gratitude towards others. To wrap up, I'll say it one more time. You are not obligated to clutter your home with unwanted gifts to show your gratitude towards others. Now let's get into this conversation with one of my favorites, Jenny Urich. You wrote this post December 31st of last year. Great time to post right before the start of the new year. So you have January launch ideas. And I wanted to have you back to talk about these prompts for people to get outside. You are the host of the thousand hours outside podcast and behind the account, a thousand hours outside. You can go ahead and reintroduce yourself to people that haven't heard you on this podcast before okay. and then we can jump in.
0: Okay. My name is Ginny Urich. I am a Michigan mom of five. You and I are neighbors. We keep talking about getting together and doing something outside. So I hope it happens no. at some point. And we're talking about meeting up at a national park, which would be really fun. I started 1000 hours outside because I was drowning as a mom and nature play changed the whole experience for me and for my kids. And for several years, we were spending these large periods of time outside spurred on by Charlotte Mason, who was this educator from the 1800s, but I didn't know she was from the 1800s when I first learned about her. And she recommends that kids be outside for four to six hours a day. Whenever the weather is tolerable, so that is dependent on what you feel is tolerable or not, but we all know those days where it feels fine. And sometimes that's even cold or sometimes that's hot, but you're by the water. And what I found is that that changed my whole experience as a mom. And it gave me reprieve and it gave me a chance to catch my breath and not feel like I was failing and step away from the house and step away from the to-do list and to be present. Well, at the same time, it's helping the kids develop in every facet, emotionally, physically, cognitively. I mean, it's really helping their cognition, and social skills and all of those type of things. So, for a couple of years, we spent with just a few other families. We would. Prioritize getting outside. We never ran into other kids. And so I decided to start writing about my experience back in 2013. We're going on 10 years. It has grown and spread across the globe. But the concept is very simple. It's not necessarily easy to implement, but the concept is simple about prioritizing nature play. And so we are actually keeping track of it. And what happens with that is that it gives you something to celebrate. It reminds your kids and models for them that we want to infuse our lives with hands on, real life moments first. First, and leave sort of the leftover moments for screens. And it is reminding all of us that we have to pursue hard, I think in this day and age, the concept of being a human. And so that's what 1,000 Hours Outside is. We have five kids, we are a homeschooling family, but people do 1,000 Hours Outside in all different walks of life and they share their experiences online. And so there's single parents and double working parents and homeschool, public school, mix, hybrid, private, all of the different things. It's Simple, but it tends to be life changing.
1: Isn't it curious to look to the past to see how past generations were outside the majority of their lives? I mean, they didn't have the option. And so when you say it's hard, it is to a point because of convenience of air conditioning and heat. However, when compared to the hard of the past, it makes it a little bit more manageable. And people used to do this all the time. People were living outside. Right,
0: but I do think that in some ways it was easier for them because that was the cultural norm. Or adapted. And so, and there wasn't anything to do inside. So people had less toys, there was less screens. And I remember, I distinctly remember when the programs turned off Mm -hmm. and you were bummed that they were over, but you had to figure out something else to do. I mean, how hard would it be to be a kid and Mm -hmm. to have that sort of wherewithal and to have the sense to say, okay, I should turn this off now. I can literally remember how bummed I was when the cartoons would end on Saturday morning and wish they were still going. And our kids are having to deal with that onslaught of content. So it is tricky in certain ways. There's not that draw of neighborhood kids that are out because neighborhood kids are not out. And there's not that push of boredom because there's always something that can be entertaining them. It's interesting that it is different. But like you're saying, in generations past, no one had to keep track of their outside time because that's just Mm -hmm. what they did. It was part of childhood and now it's not. And Mm -hmm. so as odd as it seems, it's actually fun. For some people, they say, I can't handle it with my personality. Mm -hmm. It drives me nuts. But we keep a general track. We're outside for two and a half hours today. We went here, we were outside for four. We popped outside for 30 minutes to play in the snow. And we keep a general track and it just keeps it at the forefront of our mind. Mm and make sure that now we're hitting the teen years and they're busy in different ways. And I think that if we weren't doing this, I would be having no outdoor experiences, making no memories like that with our kids. I'm pre-reading a book. The author is named Mike Rucker, and he wrote a book called Fun Habit. He talks about how we should be having two to five hours of fun per day. And that in a lot of instances, you have to schedule it in because otherwise it's not going to happen. So he talks about how routine things, they meld into one memory, like your drive to work or you do the same thing every day. And they're not new memories. It just kind of attaches to the old one memory. So it would be really easy for us to be making no new memories at all as a family due to busyness, except that I have this reminder, I've got this chart, I've got this app and it's, hey, (laughs) make sure that you're doing these things that are hard to fit in, but are worth it.
1: And we can make this easier than it seems because we live in Ohio, we live in Michigan, and it gets really cold up in Michigan moving into this time of year. So I think that if we simplify, for example, I have a basket. I just moved this basket by the back door of snow pants, hats, gloves, and then I need to get some old shoes and it's going to be right by the back door. It's not the prettiest site. However, I don't want to have to scrounge around my house for all of these things when it is a little bit colder out and I just want my kids to go outside. So I've set this up, it's an invitation to go outside. So I'm simplifying one method by just putting this invitation by the back. Right.
0: And if you had underlayers, you could put those in there as well. We've had a pretty good luck with not losing mittens or gloves mm-hmm. because we have a place to put them. We've got five kids and I can't be buying them nice winter gloves every two weeks because they lost them. So I'm really aware of where all of that is. If we go sledding and we're getting back in the car, does everyone have both their gloves? Do you have your hat? Yeah. Do you? Have have your balaclava. And I think that's a great idea. And then if you were going to a friend's house or you were going on an outside play experience, you could just take your basket. That's what all of our friends do. You lift your basket up, you take the whole thing with you because they're not supposed to wear that in the car underneath the car seats. And so you just take it with you and you put it on when you get there.
1: I can't believe I haven't done this in years past, but I like how you mentioned even thermal layers. So my husband just got thermal layers for all the kiddos. He was very adamant about getting that base layer. I have a base layer that I wear for nature group. So I think, again, setting ourselves up for these ideas that you're Mm -hmm. about to go through will make it even that much easier as we step into this new year. So we can jump into the list. Well, okay.
0: so I made a kickoff pack last year because for us, our kids are fine to just do simple hikes. Our kids are fine to be out in the yard or we have already figured out the places in our area that are engaging to kids that are our kids ages. And if we go with friends, that's all we need. If we go by ourselves, there's a lot more grumbling. But if we go with even just one other family, pretty much all of these places that we have found, we could go to. And it tends to be nature centers that have some sort of indoor component, especially in a cold winter where you could go in for a little bit and to have a snack. Sometimes they have snowshoes that you can borrow and really different cool things. And so we have our set plans, kind of like a bucket list for each month of these are the places that we could go to. And if we invite a friend, I know it's gonna be fine. But a lot of people are looking for ideas. Maybe they haven't found their places yet. And so I made a kickoff pack last year that goes month by month and each month has outdoor play ideas for that month as well as a picture book list to go along with that month. And they're more for our temperature. So I feel like someone would just have to flip-flop them if they live somewhere else or grab ideas. But then there's also 62 hiking prompts that are generic. And so they're cute. They're in little strips. You could cut them out and put them on a popsicle stick. That's what a lot of people do or just put them in a little jar. You could pull them out or you could attach them to your camera. Calendar and to say, this day we're going to go on a hot chocolate hike, or this day we're going to paint the snow or something like that. So January's got a first day hike, which is so fun to go hike on the first day of the year. That's a cool tradition. And things like tree bark identification, a 20 minute bird count, which we have done. And it seems like it's going to be so nerdy and lame and boring, but it is fun. The kids are really paying attention to the sounds they hear, and they're looking through the trees. This time of year, depending on where you live, you can see the birds. And that's a unique thing to this time of the year that isn't something that you can do all year round is easily see the wildlife. There's glow stick, snow goes, visit a new state park, look through your seed catalogs, make your own trail mix. So there's so many things in here that would work for any family. And then some of them are specific toward having snow or having ice, but Mm -hmm. a winter festival, I mean, they're going to have that anywhere you live, a winter festival. It's just going to be different if you live in a Southern state or a warm cookie hike, anyone can do that or make a pine cone bird feeder. So there are, I don't know how many things are on here, maybe 20 or 30. I, would, I guess it, maybe I would have made 30, right, Diane?
1: So like, the, the post that I saw, let's see here, two, four, six, eight. This one has eight, but I've seen your Advent. Someone just sent this, your Advent. Oh, time.
0: and that's a different thing. That actually would work well for ideas too. I am talking about, oh, we're not even on the same page, and I love that. <laughs> Because that's real life. I'm going to show you what I have, Diane, because it's actually really neat. I know what you're talking about, which was kickoff ideas for the beginning of the year. If you're doing 1000 hours outside, go for it. Tell us what's on that list.
1: Yeah. So on the January launch ideas, you have the first week of the year hike, the milestone celebration, which, what is a milestone celebration? You have 10 hours, et cetera, which again, if we're in Florida, Texas, California, I'm sure that we can be outside for 10 hours. For me, in the winter, I don't know if that's realistic, but we do tend to break up our time outside in the winter to where we can do several hours, but we just do it in the morning and then in the afternoon. Well,
0: so then you could possibly get to 10 hours within the first week.
1: People celebrate
0: their milestones they'll do something. Maybe they'll do an extra outside thing or they'll do a little bonfire or they'll make s'mores or some people do at the end of the year, they'll make a cake. Some family made this cake. It was so beautiful, Diane. They had split the tree into four quadrants and every quadrant was a different season. So the tree was like fall and then a winter tree and it said 1000 hours outside at the bottom. So yeah, just celebrating the different milestones. And I think it's a reminder that real life is to be celebrated and that Mm -hmm. the effort that you're putting in is effort. It's considerable effort. You're going against the flow of culture. You really are. And so I think that's a fun thing to celebrate. Once again, it's modeling to your kids that this isn't easy Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be easy for them. And so it's fine and a good thing to celebrate when we're living the way we want to live, basically.
1: I wanted to encourage people. I'm not sure if you have anything like this local to you, but in Columbus, with all the metro parks, they have this winter hike series. And I think if you do six out of the 12, you get a badge. And then if you do 12 of the 12, you get a walking stick. Yeah. And so I think that's a really cool thing. So our nature group this year, my friend Brooke has put the calendar all together and whoever can come at the time is going to go walk at these different times throughout the winter. And so I thought that was a cool thing to try and get some more time spent outside. And mm-hmm. that prompting of having a friend, absolutely true. We were outside for four and a half hours yesterday and it was sprinkly, foggy, rain. like it was not great. Mm-hmm. However, I could not believe the kids. Every time yeah. I'm still surprised at this point in time, I'm still surprised how long they'll play outside.
0: Right. And I think that there are a lot of community things that help, especially in the months that are harder. And that would be dependent on where you live. But we have something similar to us. It's not a challenge of getting out a certain amount of times, but the park systems here, the state parks, they do these hikes where they set up lanterns at night and you're not supposed to use a flashlight or have your phone out. You're supposed to let your eyes adjust. And they do it all the way up into the Upper Peninsula at Tequamanon Falls, which is this huge waterfall and it freezes over. It's gorgeous up there and they have these lanterns set up and then at the end there's usually hot chocolate and so things like that. I was talking to someone recently who's from Canada and he was saying that they have public skate times so they have all this outdoor ice. This hockey is big up there and small businesses will pay for a certain block of ice time for families to use. It's 1 to 2 30 in the middle of the day or it's 4 to 5 in the evening and the whole community comes out and everybody ice skates and so I think it's a great idea to to look for events like that because that helps you to go. And then especially if you're meeting up with a friend, it just is a reminder that you can do it. And it's exciting. It takes you out of that everyday routine that is all sticking together as one memory and it's helping you make new memories and helping you be present with your family.
1: If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takea slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. So let me go back to this list. Okay, so you say explore somewhere new, mm-hmm. download the free kickoff pack. Oh, there it is, Diane. <laughs> there it is. We're we're coming together. Accomplish a two, three, or four-hour day outside. Recruit a friend. Listen to an episode of the Thousand Hours Outside podcast to inspire you. And I really love this one. Again, going back to nature group, start a small nature group. So Mm -hmm. you've been a part of a nature group throughout your home. Yes,
0: and it was very informal. And today there are groups that you can join. That's a great way to do it. Hike It Baby has groups, and Wild and Free has groups. And so you can go and join groups that already exist. I was talking to someone just earlier this week who moved, and they had a forest school in the area. And then the forest school offered a play date day one day a week for our families if they had littler kids. And so if you can join into something that already exists, then that's great. And I always encourage just join in and help plan something, because I think when you plan something, you realize how it feels to plan something. And so you have to face rejection and it's just part of life. But then there's also really good things that are on the other side. So our nature group was super informal. There was a couple other families that found the benefits, just like we had and were willing to meet up for these larger periods of time. And I would say there was probably eight to 10 families and on a regular basis, three to four came. But you really only need one other friend to adventure with. If you want those elements of multi-age play or just that play experience where the kids are really engaged with each other and it gives you a chance to catch your breath. So it doesn't have to be anything huge. It can be something very small in terms of the activity. We're going to do this one mile lantern hike. We're going to meet up and do these hikes and try and earn this badge. It doesn't take a really long time necessarily, but to have that accountability and to have those relationships, I am reading book after book after book about loneliness. And so this is helping our kids learn their social skills. Yeah, Really, well because they're having to come up with something out of nothing. They're having to dig down deep into their imaginations and they are learning how to negotiate. They're learning how to assert their will, but not too much. So to offend someone and they quit, they are self intrinsically motivated to keep playing because they love to play. And so they are willing in those instances to work through things and that is teaching them lifelong social skills.
1: So as we're talking, I try to think about all the listeners that are listening to both your podcast and my podcast. And there are absolutely working moms listening along. And in Columbus, I mean, it gets dark at five. And so what does it look like for the working mom to get a thousand hours outside? Do you feel like, I guess I just don't want anyone to feel bad, like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I have to work. And I don't want anyone to feel bad either. And so we always talk about, even if you fail,
0: you win. Mm -hmm. And you can have a different goal too. Part of the point is just being intentional. Part of the point is remembering that it matters and that these seemingly inconsequential moments really add up to a full and big life. And I think that's part of it. It's so easy to blow it off or forget that, you know, if we go take a walk around the neighborhood with a flashlight, that actually is really magical and very meaningful. It doesn't ever feel like it is. And that's what I said about that 20 minute bird count. I'm like, oh, the kids are like, oh my goodness. But then we go out and everyone's like, oh, look what I saw. Even my 14 14- old everyone's yelling and jabbering and and then they're dancing and then they're walking hand in hand it just does something and I think even after 10 years of doing it I still forget I'm really surprised sometimes that when we go outside that it does as much as it does the natural light and that sort of thing so for working parents There's time before and after work. If that is manageable, it might not be because maybe it's too early in the morning, but 20 or 30 minutes can really make a difference for your health and your mood. So you do a walk after work with your kids before you do dinner, or you do a walk before bath or something like that. Or you put in a lot of times on the weekends, if you can, a larger chunk of time. You Mm -hmm. take a vacation once or twice a year that's surrounding outdoor experiences because Mm -hmm. outdoor experiences engage all of the senses and they're really memorable. So Mm -hmm. the people do different things they adjust their goal. But a lot of families, they still make it earlier than I do. We haven't hit it yet. So I don't know how these other families are doing it. But they are. And there are different ways to infuse that amount of time into your life. Outdoor nighttime experiences are very special and unique for kids. So yeah. if that means flashlights or glow sticks, or some people put lights up on their play, if they got a little background playset, set, they'll string up lights on it, battery operated ones that come on when it's dark. Those yeah. are fun ideas. We went to the playground. The other night in our small town and there's Christmas lights up. They put Christmas lights up on oh. the trees and the buildings there. So there's enough light to see. And mm-hmm. we went to the playground mm-hmm. and it was really fun and it was completely dark. Mm-hmm. So there's things that you can do, but it's less about the number and more about the intention and more about the experiences and being present and what you're gaining from stepping out the door.
1: I think the number one thing I want to do this year is do that New Year's Day hike. I think that's a really fun celebration because I feel like everyone's kind of burnt out at that point. It's like we've been celebrating for a month, but we want to start the new year off on the right foot. And what's better than getting fresh air and sunlight, even if it's I mean, it's really cloudy here today, but it still feels great to be outside. Well, and the interesting thing about cloudy is that the amount
0: of lux that's outside, even on a cloudy day is considerably more than what's inside. And you have to be exposed to a certain amount of lux. One lux I think is equivalent to one candle amount of light in a room So inside, it's usually three to 500. Mm -hmm. And once you step outside, I mean, it can be up to 100,000 on a really sunny day. But even on a cloudy day, maybe you're getting five or six or 10,000 of this lux. And so it is changing what's going on inside of your body because it's signaling to your body that light is a signal for your hormones and for your bodily rhythm. So the cloudy days still do a lot for you, even though if it would feel like Mm -hmm. they don't, but Mm -hmm. it's still a lot brighter out there than it is inside.
1: I was going to share one more thing that we do to get outside in December. My sister-in-law, brother-in-law, they come over on Christmas Eve morning, and we've done this tradition. I think this will be our fifth or sixth year. And my husband creates Wassail. So he makes this concoction for a day or so, and then they pour in bourbon or whiskey, whatever it is they drink. I'm not a bourbon drinker. I was like, what could I do with eggnog this year for the walk? But we go out and our kids come with us, and we, that whole idea of here we go, a wassailing. <laughs> so we do that on Christmas morning. I sing that. That's the only part that I know the lyrics to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's
0: I know the next line it's like, among the leaves so green.
1: Yeah. I just go a wassle wassle wassle.
0: Okay, so Diane, I challenge you to learn all the words.
1: Oh, I know. I should learn the words. <laughs> you have twenty days,
0: or a little bit less. Oh no! I have you to. Just, you just put it on your playlist, and then you'll know the whole song.
1: But see, I mean, you might not get some people out unless they. I mean, maybe they shouldn't take bourbon with them. But I'm, I'm gonna cut this. Well, out. whatever. You do a hot yeah. chocolate hike, or you
0: take your tea, or you take some yeah. soup. We have done that. We've gone and made soup. on on a camp stove, and it's warm, mm-hmm. and that's super fun. There's mm-hmm. super fun ways to cook outside. I think if people are feeling discouraged, I think Linda McGurk's book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather is so encouraging, because mm-hmm. she makes you think about what does this season offer that's yeah. really special and unique that we're only going to get 18 times with our kids. Yeah. And so they love that stuff. My kids love to crunch the ice and crack mm-hmm. it and all of these different things in fact sometimes people are like oh i wish we lived where it was colder whereas i used to wish we lived where it was warmer and we didn't have to go through all of this now it seems special
1: well, Jenny, what do you have going on right now? What would you like to share? Where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online?
0: Yeah, I have a new book coming out on December 20th. It is my very first actual published book because my other books were self-published because my original book got canceled after I'd wow. already written it. So that's my story. <laughs> but this is my very first book coming out. It's through DK Books. And DK. we love DK Books. They've got super cool reference books and they're the ones that have just all the stuff in them. So yeah. this one is is 1,000 Hours Outside Activities to Match Screen Time with Green Time. It's available globally. It's right around $20 US. So it's a good price. It's super cute. Mm-hmm. And it is filled with photos from the 1,000 Hours Outside community. We had over 16,000 photo submissions. And so when you go through and you see these photos, like these are kids who are part of 1,000 Hours Outside community. And so they're finding out for the first time that they're in the book on December 20th, because there was so many submissions that we couldn't even let people know it got so confusing but this is a nighttime hike ideas glow hike a sparkler hike snow at night how many letters and numbers can you make with your sparklers can you put your glow sticks on so you look like a skeleton so these are some of the things that we've been talking about there's all sorts of ideas in here broken up by season so you can find this I think wherever books are sold and wherever you buy your books and it's fantastic there's just hundreds of ideas in here with little extras and I'm at 1000 hours outside everything.com Hashtag, at 1000 hours outside. We've got an app. We've got a podcast. It's all called the same name because I'm not very creative. And that's how even the book is called that <laughs> 1000 hours outside.
1: Yeah, that looks so great. I love DK books. I love the visuals and the photography in DK books. Mm-hmm. So it's right in line with all of that. Well, as we wrap this conversation up, I didn't prompt you for this, but what is a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? What have you been digging into recently? Okay. I just
0: recently made a list of all the books books including yours of all the books that have been highlighted on our podcast so it's an awesome resource to flip through and to find what really affects you but i am right now learning about rucking in particular and so there's not a specific resource about it i learned about it from michael easter he has a book called the comfort crisis which is a phenomenal book and rucking is about walking while you carry weight and how helpful that is for especially women he talks a lot about and this load bearing exercise and how it builds your bones up. And so there is a company called Go Ruck, G-O-R-U-C-K. You could also put cans in a bag or something like that, or you could wear your baby. I'm out of that phase, but a lot of people are in that phase. And just a reminder that it's so healthy for you to have that load-bearing exercise. So that's something going into the new year that our whole family is taking seriously. Our kids, we're going to be trying to add 10, 20 pounds to the backpack when we hike, when we go walk.
1: And it's helpful for the entirety of your life. I didn't realize why rucking was beneficial uh, for your bones. And especially as women lose bone density as we get older. So that's a great tip. Cool. Well, my last question, and then I'll let you go is what is something you can't stop talking about?
0: My goal for next year is to walk more. And so that's something that's on my mind and adding with this weight and just We're also in this phase of life that when your kids are little, I think you're scrambling to figure out what to do with them. It's the potty training, it's the sleeping, it's the eating, it's the tantrums. You're kind of lost. You feel like you're wading through this sea of unknowns. You have no idea what you're doing. And then I think you go through this period of time where things are totally fine. And now I feel like we're back in it in this lost period of parenting Mm -hmm. with teenagers because their needs seem to have changed and I don't quite know what I'm doing. And so we're in this process of trying to, figure out how do we help their lives be really full and fulfilling and also preparatory for adulthood because all of a sudden, you're just a couple years away from it. And so that's something that we're working through. It's something that's going on in our house yeah. that we are grappling with. And it is kind of exciting too, to think about helping prepare some for adulthood. Do they have all the skills that they need? You start to think, have we done those things? Do they know how to cook? Mm-hmm. Do they know how to manage their time? Do they know how to keep things organized? Even a lot of the things that you talk about, the sort of minimalist ideas and all of that, when do you teach your kids those types of things? Mm-hmm. And now is the time. Our oldest son is 14. And so, so we're both reading this book called Atomic Habits together, yeah. which is sort of about how not to go big, but to just be consistent. It's intensity versus consistency, basically. Just be consistent and do things on a daily basis. And so we're reading these books together kind of like that, like self-help almost books and then talking about them Mm -hmm. and so that's a really neat thing i have no idea if i answered your question oh
1: i feel like you totally answered my question um and we're running out of time we have less than a minute so jenny Oh, i love you yeah merry
0: christmas it's always good to see your face and i hopefully we get to adventure together in 2023 i'll put it on my i'll put it on my bucket list i'll put it in the kickoff pack adventure (laughs) with
1: diane (laughs) We have to do that. We live too close not to. Yep. All right. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you for all your ideas. We'll be in touch. Yep. Bye. Right. Bye bye. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online.